0: You're listening to the Holmes Avenue Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Holmes Avenue or how you can join the mission, visit us online at holmesavenue.com. Today is your first time or first time in a while with us. We have been journeying through the book of Habakkuk over the last several weeks. and. Uh, today, you have joined us on the next to last week of this series as we are uh, finishing up next week before jumping into our Advent series. Can you believe that it's almost time for Advent? <laughs> it's crazy, right? Um, we have uh, Thanksgiving coming up very quickly, and then we'll jump into Advent as we uh, get ready for Christmas. But as we're journeying through this series, Finding Faith, we're looking at this story from Habakkuk and we're seeing the ways in which uh, one can journey through life and, and can find faith when faced with obstacles, maybe faced with things that don't necessarily go the way that we think they should or the way we hope they should. Uh, so far in this series, we've seen how God is sovereign and that his justice is is better than our own. And because he's sovereign, sometimes things happen that we don't understand, but we walk in submission to him and, and be faithful and our faith grows and we find faith as we go through these things. And it leads us to a response and, and a response of praise, for example, is what we're going to see today with Habakkuk. And as we go through this, it's had me thinking and processing these last several weeks, you and I are always longing for something more, right? Uh, For some, it may be the next paycheck. For some, it's a promotion. Others, it's a hopeful job offer. Uh, Maybe it's the answer to a long prayer that we've been seeking and asking God for. Uh, Maybe you're just looking for some things to just get better, and when we long for these things, what is it that we are doing? When we're longing for these things, we are hoping for what is to come next. We have this hope within us that, that is this expectation or this desire for something to happen. But what happens when that thing doesn't necessarily happen the way in which we desire it to? What happens when things that they don't go the way we want it to? Do we just fold up and say, you know what, I give up. But we could do that, but the fact of the matter is we still have that longing. We still have that hope, that desire for something better. I believe we've seen that with Habakkuk through this series. He's wanting to see something better. He's wanting to see God do something. And when God tells him that it's not exactly the way in which Habakkuk wants things to be, it leaves him with this response He's taken his hopes to God for something better, and God just doesn't answer with what he wants. Yet as we see today in this passage from chapter 3, Habakkuk recounts God's faithfulness. His trust is revived, it's renewed, and he responds to God in praise, which I hope as we respond to God that that is our response. I'm going to pray for us in a moment, but I want you to go ahead and note this if you're taking notes. I hope you are. The bottom line for today's message is this, recounting God's faithfulness renews man's trust. Recounting God's faithfulness renews man's trust. I'm going to pray for us. Would you join me? Father in heaven, Lord, you are so good. And God, as we have been singing about this morning, Lord, you are faithful. Lord, you're the same God that did all the things that you've done through Scripture. You're the same God that raised Jesus from the dead. You are the same God who sits sovereignly on his throne even now. And Father, we come before you this morning. We have sang these songs, Lord, and now we're coming to you in this moment of praise and adoration through the studying of your word. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, as we do so, Father, that you would not let me be in the way. God, that you would let distractions fade away, Lord. Things that are on our minds, worries, fears, doubts, etc., Lord, that we would lay them at the foot of the cross right now. God, that we would listen for you, Lord, to speak to our hearts this morning. But I pray for me, Lord, that the meditations of my heart, the words of my mouth are pleasing unto you. I love you, Lord, and I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our first point for this morning is recounting God's faithfulness. Recounting God's faithfulness. Read with me verse 1. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet according to Shignioth. Now we get there and we see that this is opening and after hearing of God's plan of what he's going to do, the reality of the Lord's reigning, Habakkuk responds in this prayer unto God. It's a moment of him to respond and it's a moment of him to do as the psalmists do and give this praise unto God. This prayer opens, as I said, like any of the typical psalms that we see. It's this declaration, this, this shignioth, if you will, as it says. And the Hebrew word for that is to describe something as a passionate song with rapid changes of rhythm. And so as Habakkuk is making these re- these requests, he's giving these honor and worship unto God, he's doing so much like it's written in the psalms. It's this plea unto God that leads to worship on. Un- to God. We saw that a lot over the summer, right? When we were looking at the Psalms and we see a lot of that with David. He would have one attitude of one thing that he would say and then he would respond in praise. He would have doubts and then he would respond in praise because he's reminded continually of God's faithfulness. We see here that when we recount God's faithfulness like Habakkuk has done, it leads to praise. There's not much intercession that's done in this prayer that he prays besides what we're going to see here in verse two in a moment. But it's this declaration of truth toward God, honoring God for who he is. Leads me to a question. What is our response to God when he reveals to us what he's doing? What is our response to God One of the absolute best things that we can do is not necessarily jump to conclusions or jump to an immediate response of saying, well, God, what about this or that? But our immediate response should be to wait and to pray, to reflect upon what God has revealed unto us. It's a moment for us to let things process. That's a lesson that we can learn all throughout life, period, right? When we we have things that come about in our lives, the, the immediate response, Responding to something very quickly is not necessarily the best thing to do. We need to let things process. We need to think through things. And here in this moment, we can see that when God reveals something to us, we need to respond after reflecting and praying. Verse 2 reads, O Lord, I have heard the report of you and your work, O Lord, do I fear. In the midst of the years, revive it. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. Habakkuk first states after hearing the words of the Lord and his work that he is in fear and awe of God. This is how he's acted. This is this is God's working that's been done. And, and Habakkuk responds and says, God, I'm gonna honor you for who you are. You've done this. You said this is what's going to take place. You're God. You reign, you're sovereign, I submit unto you. But it's interesting to note, while we're in verse two that he asked the Lord to revive. He asked the Lord to revive it in the midst of the years and make it known. What exactly is Habakkuk saying here? Well, he's pointing to the reality of God's work that's taken place, and he asks God for those who have suffered the injustice that's being done, but he's also asking for God to do a reviving work in those in which the work is being done through. That's powerful when we think through that. Granted, both of the crowds that are involved in this, both of the people that are involved, they experience things differently, but it's this cry of asking. And it's apparent that as he's doing this, like King Josiah, for example, and the others, they had already forgotten God's goodness. They had already forgotten God's promises. They had already forgotten that God is sovereign. So Habakkuk is saying, God, revive it. Revive it, Lord. You may say, well, there's really nothing for me in reflecting through this and hearing this. There's really nothing for me to be revived of because maybe God's never really been revealed to me. Maybe for you, you must ask the Lord to first reveal himself to you. For those of us who God has revealed himself to us, we are his children. Maybe we feel like we've just kind of gone astray, or maybe our walk is just very stale, if non existent at all. It's so a moment for us to pray, God, revive it in me. Notice also that he asks the Lord to reveal what he's done and what he will do. What do you mean, Brian? I don't see the word "reveal" there. Well, when he says there, revive it, in the middle of verse two, in the midst of the years, make it known. He's asking the Lord to reveal it to the people. Lord, in the midst of what you're doing, reveal yourself. Revive those that maybe have gone astray, that are just not doing well. Lord, reveal it to those who don't even know it. And in the midst of doing all of that, Lord, he asked the Lord to remember that last part of verse 2. In wrath, remember mercy. Remember last week as we were studying through this, Pastor Walter preached on the justice of the Lord. And and the whole idea and concept of that is that God is reigning, he's sovereign, he's powerful, he rules over this world and his justice is the period, the end all be all. God is just. And in that, because of sin, those who are not his people, he pours out his wrath. But even here in this moment, Habakkuk is asking God in wrath, remember mercy. Remember, Lord, that you are merciful. Remember, God, that yes, you are just, but you are merciful, you are gracious, you are kind, you are loving. Remember that to your people. He's pointing to the reality that there will be each of these things as the Lord's work is revived among both sets of people. Habakkuk is asking God to show his mercy despite all these things that are taking place. Which led me to ask another question as I was studying What do we ask when we're praying about these kind of things to God? What do you mean, Brian? Maybe it's something like, oh, Lord, in the midst of the turmoil we see in our world, make your way known to all those who are doing good and those who are doing evil and show your mercy. Maybe it's another prayer of Father, I haven't been faithful to you, although you were most faithful to me by giving Jesus in my place for my sin. Father, remember and revive me. Remember your mercy, oh God. See, because we must recount God's faithfulness unto us. He's always been faithful, He always will be faithful. And in doing so, as we recount those things of God, we recount his faithfulness unto us, we must then, number two, rejoice in renewed trust. Rejoice in renewed trust. And as we go through these verses here, we see Habakkuk describing God's movement, his leading people from Mount Sinai to the promised land and all throughout doing all of these things. God's glory is revealed through the events that took place all through the Old Testament, leading up to this point of what Habakkuk is referring to. What do you mean? Look at the first part of verse 3, 3a. God came from Teman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. Teman is defined as south, and Mount Paran is the area northeast of Mount Sinai. And so when we're thinking about this, remember the Exodus account, Okay. The the big example of God coming in and fighting for his people. Why is Habakkuk pointing that out? Well, just as God was with his people leading them then, he will do the same now. He uses that term, say, almost this pausing moment where he catches a breath in his prayer to continue on to God. And then we jump into the second part of verse 3. His splendor covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. See, these descriptions, they point to what is defined as a theophany. What is a theophany, Brian? It's an appearance of God unto his people. And it's stated, we see a lot of this in the Bible that shows God's splendor that covered the earth. Where else in the scriptures have we seen something that describes that of the heavens and the earth? Well, when you open the pages of Scripture at the very beginning, when you get past the table of contents, you get to Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. We see it in the creation account. Heaven and earth, they point to this entirety of God's creation. Habakkuk continues in verse 4. His brightness was like the light, rays flashed from his hand, and there he veiled his power. See, this theophany description of what's happening here, it's incredible. The brightness, the glory of God, it's like light rays that come flashing from his hand. His power is veiled. It is hidden. This incredible description of the holy God and the power of his glory. Do you remember towards the tail end of Pastor Walter's message last week? He pointed to Revelation 21, when the new heavens and the new earth will be established. What a glorious sight that will be for us. Zach, I've got to put you on the spot here, man. This morning, Zach's social media, he posted, and I don't remember what the clip was from, but it's a sign from this movie, and, and the, 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 the sailors are there, and he's, they're looking through, and they're like, what do you see? And then there's a little picture of the book of Revelation's opening page, and then the guy just has a big smile on his face, and he says, home. See, when we look at that, we see this picture of what is to come for us. We see home. And when we see home and we see that reality, we have to understand that this glory that's being described here is what we're going to engage with and see and be around every waking moment. There's no concept of time for eternity. It will go on and on and on and we will be there in God's glory. We will worship Him. Over and over and over, there will be no pain. There will be no death. There will be no sin. His glory will be the light of the day. We'll experience it over and over and over. And what a day that is coming for us, church. What a beautiful day. Let's look at verses five through seven together. Before him went pestilence and plague followed at his heels. He stood and measured the earth. He looked out and shook the nations. Then the eternal mountains were scattered. The everlasting hills sank low. His were the everlasting ways. I saw the tents of cushion in affliction. The curtains of the land of Midian, of Midian did tremble. See, these verses here together, they they take God's glory, and it points to the demonstration of God's power. Habakkuk is pointing to the power of God and the way in which he fights for and delivers his people. The Israelites, I I mentioned the Exodus account, they were slaves and oppressed in Egypt. What did God do? He rescued them. He came and fought for them. He sent plagues. He sent pestilence to their aid for deliverance. There in verse 6, the standing of God and the measuring of the nations. It's this picture of this sovereign king that is ruling and looking out upon all of his dominion. It's all God's. When we get to verse 7, it shows the third person narrative changed to this first as Habakkuk describes the trembling of cushion and median Midian in the sight of God's power and glory. It all points to this demonstration of God's Power. And when we recount God's faithfulness and we see the understanding of his power and the work in which he does for his people, what does it do? It leads us to rejoice in this renewed trust in him, reminding us constantly being filled over and over with this goodness, this reminding of what God has done. Verse 8: Was your wrath against the rivers, O Lord? Was your anger against the rivers or your indignation against the sea? When you rode on your horses, on your chariots of salvation. Notice here, Habakkuk now points to the coming of the Lord. He mentions these rivers. And it's believed that these are to maybe point to the Jordan and the Nile. Why is that important? It again talks about the Exodus account with what we see there. This isn't to say that God's wrath is actually against the rivers. But it's about pointing to God fighting for his people his anger and his wrath will be directed against those who were not his people aren't you glad you're God's people verses 9 through 12 you strip the sheath from your bow calling for many arrows Selah. you split the earth with rivers The mountains saw you and writhed. The the raging waters swept on. The deep gave forth its voice. It lifted its hands on high. The sun and the moon stood still in their place. In the light of your arrows as they sped. At the flash of your glittering spear. You marched through the earth in fury. You threshed the nations in anger. Man, I just love the way in which God uses these words, these descriptions, to put it all together. And if you haven't noticed here, in these verses, 9 through 12, Habakkuk again is pointing to other accounts in Scripture. Scripture is pointing to Scripture, which Scripture points back to Scripture. That's extremely important for us to understand because this is God's Word. It's not some made-up book. When scripture points to scripture, it again points to who God is, what he's done, and it again aids in the truth of his word. Verse 9, what does he talk about there? The Israelites, they fought the battles leading to the promised land with God at their head. When he's there in verse 10, they're entering the promised land, they're conquering the enemy. God was in control of it all. The land and the water used in creation to defeat the Canaanites. If you want to jot this in your notes to go and look at later, write the words Judges chapter 4 and 5. Because there's an account there that shows Deborah and Barak, they winning over Sarah and, <clears throat> excuse me, with a sudden rainstorm that turned the battlefield into a swamp. When that happened, what happened to the enemy's chariots? They got bogged down, they couldn't move because of the mud in the ground. God, again, using creation to lead and help his people. We get to verse 11. It's a powerful story from the scriptures from the book of Joshua. Matter of fact, it's in Joshua 10, 12 and 13. We see the account of where the sun stands still. Time stops so that the battle can continue on and it can lead to victory. Habakkuk again, recounting scripture after scripture, giving praise unto God, which let me put a quick little aside. If you're in the moment where you're studying the scriptures, you're in that quiet time with God, there's something very powerful about taking scripture and praying it back to God. Habakkuk here is using this prayer. He's praying to God here in chapter three, is he not? And in doing so, he's recounting God's faithfulness and he's doing so and it's bringing him this rejoicing of what he's done and he's praising God and he's using scripture to praise God. He's recounting these things that God has done. I would encourage you, if you don't do that, take some time. If you've got your Bible reading plan, check the box after you've done it. Journal, do what you need to do. But then also, when you're in those moments of prayer, pray it back to God. If you need an incredible resource on just doing it through the Psalms, there's one out there in the Welcome Center, Praying the Bible by Donna Whitney. It's an incredible thing to read God's word back to him as we worship him in our time with him. There in verse 12, what's he talking about? God marched through Canaan like a farmer threshing grain, and in turn, his people claimed their inheritance. Habakkuk is glorifying God for what he's done. Then we get to verses 14 and 15. You pierced with his own arrows the head of his warriors. You came like a whirlwind to scatter me, rejoicing as if to devour the poor in secret. You trampled the sea with your horses, the surging of mighty warriors. These verses most likely point again to that Exodus account showing the power of God fighting for his people against those who oppose them. And and, and as we read through that, we know it's one of the greatest accounts of God doing that for his people. And I look at this recounting of God's faithfulness as Habakkuk has done through this passage And it's led me to see that Habakkuk has this renewed trust in God. Remember the opening of this book. He's crying out to God and he's asking God to do something. And God says that, wait, I'm going to actually use the Babylonians, these horrible people, to come and accomplish my plan. They're going to be used for this purpose. But as we've seen throughout the book, Habakkuk, although it's not the answer that he wanted, God is faithful, God is sovereign. He trusts as he recounts and he remembers all the times of God's faithfulness. He's praising God. He's rejoicing because it's given him this renewed trust. It doesn't mean that Habakkuk stopped trusting God altogether. It means that it's been revived in him. Have we ever had moments like that? Have we ever had moments where we've gone through the journey of life, we've been walking with the Lord, but man, things just get dry. Things get difficult. Things in life throw curveballs at us, and we are just left wondering, God, where in the world are you? What are you doing? Why did this have to happen like this? Much like Habakkuk at the beginning of chapter uh, 2 when he says, Are you not from everlasting? God, what are you doing? And yet God reminds us through his word, through brothers and sisters in the faith, through many different areas of life, he reminds us over and over again of how he's been faithful, how he's never left us, how he's always been there, we may not have seen it. We may not have wanted to hear it. We may not have even wanted to look towards it, but he's constantly, always been there. And when in those moments have you sensed, God, you have been there, and you're revived. Your trust in him grows. You're reminded of those truths of his faithfulness, and it motivates you. It gets you to the point where, man, you could just run through a wall You're just so on fire for him because you remember his faithfulness. When we recount God's faithfulness, it brings us to these moments to rejoice and to praise him because of the renewed or revived trust that he has bestowed to us. God is so good. The best way for us to revive. Renew that trust is to continually recount God's faithfulness, much like Habakkuk has done, recounting what God has done in Scripture. Be reminded of that as we go through this walk of life, as we're faced with difficulties, as we're faced with answers that we did not want, that we did not seek out. God has not lost his place on the throne He's been there. He's been with us every waking moment. God, you moved in power then. God move in power now. You are the same God. You are the same God. Maybe you're here today and you're or you're listening online and you say, you know, I don't have much hope in anything right now. Maybe you've been wrestling with finding hope in the things of life that honestly, no matter what you do with it, it leaves you absolutely hopeless. You need hope that's eternal and that's life giving and that is only found through Jesus Christ. It's only found through a piece of tree that has been put together in the shape of a cross where God's only son bled and suffered and died because of your sin and my sin. But the good news is he didn't just die, he resurrected. And when he resurrected, he ascended and he sits at the right hand of God where he intercedes on behalf of the saints. Christian, you may have found hope in Jesus But man, maybe you're just struggling right now. You're struggling. You're wondering, God, where are you? What are you doing? God, I have these doubts. I have these worries. There's good news. He already knows. He knows the doubts. He knows the fears. He knows the heartache. Why does he know? How does he know? Because he's the God that knits you together in your mother's womb. He's the God that loves you. He's the God that is ever present with you through every bit of the journey that you're going through. When you walk through the waters, I will be with you. He knows your doubts. He knows your questions that you're too afraid to ask. But here's the beauty of it all. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to trust him with those doubts. He wants you to trust him with those questions. He wants you to remember that when you recount his faithfulness, And what he's done, it renews your trust. It's that bottom line again. Recounting God's faithfulness renews man's trust. So I ask you today before we sing this song, is there things that you're holding on to that you're questioning, that you're wrestling with, that you're too afraid to ask? Ask. Is there things that you're just so concerned with that you're worried about that you don't know what's gonna come next? Trust. Are you at the point where you just feel hopeless and you need help to see what can come next? Take it to Jesus. As the team sings this last song, your will be done. I pray that's the cry of our hearts. I'm going to be down here worshiping alongside of you, but that doesn't mean that you can't come forward and ask for prayer. Maybe you just need a hug and you just need to say, Pastor, I, I need help. Whatever it is, I'm here for you. Pastor Walter's in the back. We're here for you. We want to help you but please remember to recount his faithfulness so that your trust can be renewed. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we have the truth of your word that we can constantly go to, that we can flip through the pages of the Old and the New Testament and see the beautiful reality of how you have constantly fought for your people. That you have always reigned supreme. That you have always been there every waking moment, even when it feels like you're not. Lord, I thank you, God, that we can have this beautiful passage where we can see, Lord, recounting all of these things of how good you are and how it renews the trust and how it leads to praise for Habakkuk. Lord, I pray over all of our people now, Lord, that that is what happens for us. God, that we would remember that you have been faithful, that you are faithful and that you forever will be faithful. And Lord, that our trust would be revived or renewed in you to the point where we are left open and bare and say, God, whatever you want, do it. However you want to use me, use me. However you see fit for the glory of your name, do it. And help me to be obedient. Lord, as we sing this song, I pray, Father, that you would speak to our hearts now, that we would be obedient to your leading. May I ask this all in the name of Jesus.